2: Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready,
0: Bob? Well, all right, all right.
2: Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig you Bob Marley One Love, rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host Troy Hill. I have the whole crew with us on this Tuesday. Get back to Walk. Getting ready for what looks like another busy week when it comes to Georgia athletics. A lot to talk about with the Bulldogs who are going to be back in 2024 and even the guys that are turning their attention to the NFL draft. I want to start here, guys, and start with you, Kip. This is the first weekend with no college or NFL football in, in quite some time. Do you, do you have big plans knowing that uh, we're not going to be watching any football this weekend?
1: who says we're not gonna be watching football we got that senior bowl on Saturday uh I believe it's at 3 p.m I mean come on we got what five six Georgia players in this I'll I'll be watching that pretending it's it's a regular game and not an exhibition for sure uh you got to push this back as long as you can I know what are we at like 29 weeks until uh football starts back up so you know, if you look at it that way, uh, we can get we can get this thing down to 27 before before it really hits in. So for me, I'm pushing back as far as I can. You watch. This is the time of the year where any part, any version of football you'll love. I'm sure, you know, once spring football starts up, I guess with the uh, is it the XFL now? I can't keep up what the league name is, but spring football, you'll you'll see some former Georgia players out there, I'm sure, as well. So this is that time of year where you'll take any form you can get and uh, I'll be enjoying that Singer bowl. But I always like that because I'm a, I'm a draft nut and there's a, uh, you know, a lot of big time players playing in that event.
0: I gotta be honest. I thought Kip was going to hit me about the pro bowl and I was really going to get ready to push back on that.
1: <laughs> Not a fan of flag football.
0: Uh, ben, uh, how about you? What you got planned? uh no you know, there are some all-star games as Kip pointed out, but uh, no NFL playoffs and obviously the college seasons. Uh, in the, uh, in the book?
2: Well, at the high school level, you know, with 2025s and 2026 is a good chance for me to get out to some workouts. So I've been getting my football fix in. They can't do anything with the football yet until May 1 in Georgia, at least. Uh, but it's a chance for me to go, you know, see some of these Georgia targets and prospects in person and see them work out a little bit and get a feel for what they're like. So I, you know, I got to find a way to get my football fix in, even if there's technically no football going on.
0: Always finding a way. That's why we love having you on the team. Well, we know that the Georgia coaches have been busy this month staying uh, out there on the recruiting trail, getting in front of a lot of Uh, recruits you know at this point in the year it's mostly 2025s and 2026s but uh, there's still a little bit of room in georgia's 2024 class and i want to turn our attention to a big target as we get closer and closer to the national signing day five-star athlete terry bussey was in athens this past weekend georgia fighting really hard to land the former texas a&m commit and i'll start with you ben what did you make of what you've heard from terry since that visit And maybe where Georgia stacks up as we sit a little bit over a week from national signing day.
2: I got a chance to talk with Terry yesterday after he got a little bit of time to decompress from the visit. And, you know, again, he he didn't have much of a recruiting connection with Georgia until December. I mean, Dante Williams was coming from Southern Cal really was his primary recruiting contact that helped him you know, get interest in Georgia here late in the process. When Georgia hired Javaris Robinson, that was another really close coaching contact for him. And so he hadn't visited Georgia. He wanted to get over and check Georgia out, obviously with the relationships that he had built with Dante Williams, especially. That's really what got this thing in motion. I think that the Javaris Robinson thing only made matters easier for him to realize, okay, I've got a lot of relationships here at Georgia. He brought something up really interesting to me yesterday, which – You know, I would sort of thought about, but the fact that he kind of called it out unprompted, his relationships at Georgia right now are really running deeper than any relationships that he has at the other schools that he's getting recruited by. He's been committed to Texas A&M for a long time. That was with the previous staff. There's been a lot of overhaul there. He's been looking at LSU really this entire process and they have a defensive staff overhaul there too. So he said, you know, really, I mean, he said, you know, he used the phrase low key, but it really, it's not, I mean, really he has stronger relationships with Dante Williams and Travars Robinson than he has with the defensive back relationships at the other two schools. Now is that going to be enough to help push a school that really wasn't in his recruitment until the last, month and a half? Is it going to help push Georgia over the top? I think that remains to be seen. He's going on a visit to LSU tomorrow. He's going to have an in-home visit with Kirby Smart on Thursday. Brian Kelly still has his in-home visit as well. So just looking at the calendar of it all, you know, unless he goes in home tonight, which is possible, Friday would be maybe the most likely opportunity for him to do that. And then he'll be going on his official visit to Texas A&M over the weekend. So a lot going on for Terry Bussey between his visit to Georgia last weekend and signing day next Wednesday. To say that there's a favorite right now or that one team leans versus the other, I mean, I would say Texas a and the favorite because they still hold his commitment. But aside from that, I think that there's too much to happen between visits to LSU, visits to Texas A&M, and in-home visit with Kirby Smart to really decide one way or the other. I think that a lot of that will be decided when he gets home from that Texas A&M official visit. I'm sure that coaches will have their last pitches leading up to Wednesday. And you know, I I put this on the junkyard earlier today, but this is shaping up to be sort of an old-fashioned February recruitment, which we don't get very many of these nowadays. And so it's fun to at least have one. And Terry Bussey is certainly the caliber of prospect that warrants it. I mean, he is a legit five-star athlete he could play on the offensive side of the ball georgia likes him on the defensive side of the ball as a nickel or in the star he's really been developing those relationships with glenn schumann and had a really good talk with him this past weekend about how he sees him fitting in schematically into georgia's defense and so you know i think he's a really intriguing prospect he's really i think a five-star across the board on most recruiting services but i know that he is with us as well and so a chance for georgia to turn what's already an elite defensive back class into a really, really elite defensive back class if they were to pull off a stunner and, and flip Terry Bussie late in the process.
0: Yeah, Ben hit on something I hadn't considered, but oh my gosh, having a little bit of drama in the February National signing Day, I feel like that's been years since that's happened. Uh, Kip, what do you make of Georgia's pursuit here? I mean, they're trying to add another very talented defensive back to their team. Uh, just the fact that Georgia's in the mix here and trying to make things interesting late.
1: I mean, I would I would say that this is probably a swing by Georgia more than, uh, you know, maybe them pushing to the front of the line. And I think you don't have the opportunity to to make a a swing for a guy like Terry Bussey at this stage in the recruiting process without the guys that they brought on board and T-Rob and Dante Williams that allowed them to have those connections to, hey, Terry's like, you know what? Uh, I should probably take a closer look at Georgia. They brought in two guys that that. I, you know i'm close with and i have that connection with so it you know it might end up being a swing and a miss but it's still a swing it's definitely a swing that kirby smart would, would always take in recruiting he tries to you know uh improve the roster every opportunity he can get and i'll add you know maybe they came into this third maybe they're you know maybe pushing for second and still third if 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 you know having to to put our, myself out there and say they might end up being third for this or second but this is the transfer portal era so i mean you set yourself up for future recruitments i mean heck this with the spring if if we have multiple transfers or you know the ability to, to transfer everyone uh it would not be unheard of to have a guy enroll and you know dip out in the spring if he doesn't like it and i i think that Kirby Smart that's worth the effort he's putting in right now you know if he gets himself into that top two uh down the road uh maybe you know he is playing uh for Georgia and I, I think you look at what he brings to the table as an elite athlete if he ends up in the nickel I mean that's that's Exactly the guy you want. If other teams are rolling out there, guys that you know are comparable to a lab McConkey in the slot, guys that can just make you miss one on one. What better to counter that with an elite athlete like Terry Bussey, who you know is able to to make those same moves on offense at the same time, has that elite athleticism to be able to to play the position at a high level on defense. So I I do think that you know this is a guy you go after. I'm sure that Georgia gave him a lot to think about and I've seen teams be second or third when it comes down to the in-home visit and then knock it out of the park. And then, you know, all of a sudden you don't hear anything over the weekend. Uh, Everyone's trying to figure out what the program is. And lo and behold, that in-home visit uh, with the the Dark Horse team actually sealed the deal. Um, Kirby Smart's done it plenty of times himself. So uh, I think just the fact that Kirby's got that in-home visit means that he's got a legit chance and he thinks he's got a legit chance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on the biggest thing is just even being in the conversation, you know, especially with the class, people may have forgotten. George has got the number one class. If you swing and miss on another five-star, life will go on. They'll be okay. And it's always good, as Kip had talked about in the transfer portal era, you're building those relationships. If he does choose another school, doesn't necessarily mean he will never be a Bulldog. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned over at Dogs247, where Ben, Kip, and I will keep you in on the latest on Terry Bussey as we get closer and closer to National Signing Day next Wednesday. Well, this isn't the only recruiting news, the only recruiting intel that is worth mentioning on today's podcast because Georgia's got a very big weekend coming up when it comes to visitors. Bulldogs looking ahead to 2025 and 2026, trying to get in good shape, too. Maybe get another number one class, maybe get another, you know, a couple more number one classes in the years to come. Uh, ben, what can you tell us as far as how this visitor list is shaping out as we talk on Tuesday and some of the names that uh, people are going to want to keep an eye on as we go forward?
2: Well, this will be one of the two really big junior days of the January slash February. This will be on February 3rd, so February contact period Um That's by design for Georgia. I mean, the first one was at the beginning of the month and they really emphasize in-state recruits. And then at the end of it, I think that they're really going to be emphasizing out-of-state guys that they could plan to get to Georgia by the end of the contact period. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. All of that said, despite the fact that there's going to be a lot of 2025 and 2026 recruits that are from out-of-state and that I think will be interesting to see how those relationships with Georgia formulate The number one prospect that Georgia fans will be looking at coming out of this weekend is Southern Cal quarterback commit Julian Lewis. He is an in state guy from Carrollton, Georgia, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. We've talked about him a bunch previously and then leading up to this visit as well because of the other quarterback visits this month from Ryan Montgomery and Matt Zollers, who's coming off of his visit last weekend. Julian Lewis will be the third. There's actually another quarterback that's coming in, Caleb Bailey as well from North Shore, Texas, too. So that's another name to potentially remember at the quarterback position. But I think that everybody who's been tracking this for a while knows that Georgia really wants to figure out what Julian Lewis's plans are how committed to Southern Cal he truly is, what opportunities they might have to, you know, make a splash at the quarterback position pretty early in this cycle. And so Julian Lewis, I really do think is the 2025 recruit that everybody is going to have questions about. I mean, Ryan Montgomery, even when we when I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago or a week, about a week ago. Now he mentioned that he had that conversation with Kirby smart. Like he understands that Julian Lewis reclassifying is something that matters for Georgia recruiting. And so it's something that other quarterbacks in this class are aware of and that they're addressing with Georgia through this process too. So I think him coming on this visit, seeing how it goes, what the conversations with Kirby smart and Mike Bobo are like this weekend will probably dictate a lot in terms of his timeline, which, you know, is all sort of interesting because even though he was expecting to reclassify or that's something that we've been waiting to see happen for a while it does just change the timeline entirely of when coaches were going to be able to have certain types of conversations with him and when they were going to be able to go and see him and so on and so forth and so because of all of that I mean getting Julian Lewis on campus for the last visit before the dead period hits is really critical for Georgia figuring out what the quarterback position is even going to look like in the class of 2025.
0: Kip, what do you make of this visitor list, specifically Julian Lewis getting him back in Athens?
1: It's time to figure out where they stand. I don't think Georgia's wanting to, you know, stretch this out into the summer. I mean, they want to know what his timeline is. They've got offers out to other highly talented quarterbacks. Like I said on the last pod, they've got, you know, 2026 20, quarterback that could be looking to decide soon as well. They want to go ahead and 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 get this this thing figured out because that's kind of where you start when you're recruiting class you want to know who your quarterback is obviously the last cycle proved there's still the potential for chaos uh toward the end of the cycle but you know the fact that that stood out so much just shows how rare it is it was different you don't usually have quarterbacks you know flipping their commitment at the last minute Um, so you, you want to be able to, to build that relationship, be able to tell, you know, offensive playmakers, look, you're going to be playing with this guy. This, you know, this is the kind of the, 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 the face of this recruiting class. And I, I think, yeah, this is an opportunity for, for Julian to know if this is a a better fit for him than USC. And so I, I think it's a huge weekend. Um, a big opportunity for Georgia to kind of put their their best foot forward. And I'm interested to see, you know, whether he actually has a timeline in place after this visit. You know, obviously other visits, every school is going to try to get Julian Lewis on campus. They know that he's open to other opportunities. And, and so I think, you know, his recruitment is kind of kicking in the high gear. But I do think Kirby Smart coaching staff. They, they want to have a good feel for where they stand with him so that they can go ahead and be upfront and honest with the other quarterbacks that are recruiting this cycle.
0: Kemp made a good point. So often we see these quarterbacks wind up being the Pied Piper for their class. And you look at what Georgia already has in 2025. If you were able to convince Julian Lewis to at least open things back up, maybe you know really re- reconsider past USC, could be really big for that 2025 class. We will take a quick break, come back, talk about the senior bowl, some of the dogs that are down there. And uh, then maybe talk a little bit NFL.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
0: Well, guys, it's a big week down in Mobile with the Senior Bowl festivities getting underway, practices this week, getting ready for the game on Saturday, as Kip mentioned earlier. Six Bulldogs are expected to participate in the festivities this week, running back Dejon Edwards, wide receivers Lad McConkey and Marcus Rosamy-Jack Saint, defensive backs Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard, and long snapper William Moat. We'll mention that Cedric Van Pran was invited. Sounds like he is not going to participate, really focusing on the draft and I want to get your guys' opinion. Who of the Bulldogs that are down in Mobile do you think could benefit the most from this week, who could really turn heads, have a chance to bump that stock up? I'm going to start with you, Kip. Is there a name among those Bulldogs that you think could really benefit from the Senior Bowl activity?
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple guys that are kind of in the mix for, you know, the first round, and I know that obviously always is going to get the the brunt of the talk and the discussion which guys can become first round picks but for me i i I think tyke smith is a guy that really has a chance to increase his stock because you know made a lot of plays for georgia this year came off the injury and finally got healthy Uh, you start to you know look at his you know his opportunity to to get drafted he may not have been a draftable prospect at this time uh, last year but now i think he's got a chance to go you know maybe the 4th round somewhere around there where Chris Smith did in last year's draft. So I think for him, a guy who may not have a full draft grade on the board for a lot of teams, this is a chance for him to show what he can do when he's healthy and show, you know, kind of the the fit he has at NFL level as a traditional safety.
0: What about you, Ben? Is there a name among these bulldogs that you think we could come out of the activity down there in Mobile and say, "Wow, he really helped his draft stock."
2: Well, the one I'm intrigued by is probably Lad McConkey because, you know, it's funny he, they did the measurements yesterday and w- nobody's surprised that he's not going to, you're not going to look at his measurables and say, oh my goodness, wow, you know, shocking, whatever. But he's just one of those guys that when he gets on the field, I think that a lot of scouts down there are probably, I mean, a lot of them aren't going to be seeing him for the first time, but when you actually get him around guys that he hasn't been around for, you know, his, his time, I think people are going to be surprised just how athletic he is. Some of the things that he can do from a route running standpoint. I mean, his ability to create separation is what these NFL scouts are looking for from wide receivers. And there's, you know, it's self, it, it seemed like a joke almost at first when Lad McConkey was doing it to people early in his career, but there reached a point where it was like, it does not matter who you match up against him or what you're throwing his way. He's going to get open because that's what Lad McConkey does. And I don't think that, that's going to change at the senior bowl. I don't think that's going to change when he gets to the NFL. Like I just think that's the type of wide receiver that he is. And I think that him getting the opportunity this week to really flash that is going to be something that I don't, again, I don't know what it cements him as a, you know, first rounder. I don't even know, Kip, you probably know better than me, like what his draft stock looks like right now, but he's someone that I could see raising his draft stock and someone that I think a lot of NFL teams are going to have on their board
0: wanting to pick come NFL draft night. Kip, do you have a sense at this point where Ladd may be going into Mobile?
1: I think a healthy Ladd, Munkonki, is probably on the board as a top 50 overall draft pick for most clubs. And I think what they're wanting to see this week is uh, how he goes against guys that that he doesn't know a lot about. I think one thing that kind of – didn't get talked about near enough during his time at Georgia is just how much of a film junkie McConkie was I mean he would grind the tape and he would know exactly how to attack opposing DBs and that's why it looked like he was more than one step ahead of most of these guys whenever he went out there to uh you know to break in and out of his routes it made him almost uncoverable um he just had great rhythm so this week I mean I I Doubt he maybe he's been spending this whole time looking at the roster and watching their film. You know, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But if he's able to go out there and continue to get separation against some of the, the best DBs, you know, in college football headed to the draft, I, I think he has a chance to sneak in. Um Maybe not the first round, but I think probably the the first couple of picks in the second round is probably right where I think maybe his ceiling might be when all is said and done.
0: I've got a feeling he's going to make some GM look very, very smart in the next few years. And my pick when it comes to who I think can turn heads at the Senior Bowl is Dejan Edwards because I think he's a guy that just grinds it out, a guy that if you go back and watch his highlights this season, just so good at finding the smallest hole and taking off and making something with it. Not only that, but just being able to fall forward where you're like, this should be a two-yard run and he makes it a five-yard run. Like That adds up. And, you know, I understand that the running back position is so devalued. And, you know, there was a little bit of pushback on that during the NFC uh, Conference Championship. It was like, hey, look at Jameer Gibbs, oh, all this running back talk. Um, and then he wound up fumbling. So I, I don't know if they kind of tempted fate with that. But, no, I think Dejan's really good. And I could see a, a you know set of practices where people come out and say, man, like this guy is just so hard to tackle. He's a guy that we really like when it comes to how he'll translate to the NFL Again, I don't expect that meaning he'll be picked very, very high because we know how the running back position is valued. But I think uh, he's going to have a lot of scouts drooling over him and uh, really help his cause going into April. Georgia men's basketball minute before we get out of here. Since the last time we recorded, Georgia went 1-1. One and one. Uh, They are now 14-6 and six overall, 4-3 and three in the SEC. Uh, that win was a wild one. Winds up beating LSU 68-66 to 66 for Russell Chiwa putting up a clutch putback and uh, coming through on an and one. And uh, then LSU nearly hit a buzzer beater on the other end, but Georgia holds on. And then a few days later, they played Florida down in Gainesville. We're down as much as 21 in the second half, came back forced overtime. Uh, I could not believe it as someone who watched it, the way they were able to come back. Uh, RJ Melendez and Blue Kane having a lot to stay in that comeback. Uh, but Florida finishes it off. Georgia just really wasn't able to, uh, to score like it needed to or get stops in that overtime session. So 14 and 6, 4 and 3 in the SEC. It really feels like this conference is just jam packed full of teams trying to make the NCAA tournament. Georgia plays again on Wednesday night against number 24 Alabama. A big game, a big opportunity at home. But honestly, guys, I feel like the next game, Saturday at home against South Carolina, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is a must-win, given where Georgia is right now. They're not really on that tournament bubble. They're on the outside looking in. Can't afford to lose to the Gamecocks because that's a team uh, that is sort of ahead of them in the pecking order, and uh, it's a win that Georgia needs to remain relevant. And again, a very very deep SEC. Yeah, got to win the home
2: games in the SEC in the rest of the SEC play as well. But it'll. Uh... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the these Mike White teams—they're cockroaches, man. You can't—you can't kill them. No matter how hard some of these teams try, they just keep fighting. And I, I mean, it's—it's uh, it's actually impressive to watch. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Alabama game I think will generate some excitement tomorrow. But I think that South Carolina game on Saturday is a gotta have it game for Georgia.
0: It's one of those things where, guys, I wish I had a dollar for every word I've had to delete while riding in the second half. I mean, I had a, a story that would have won awards for that Florida game and to their credit, to their credit, they didn't give up and they had the momentum just couldn't really carry it once they got into overtime. Yeah, that was a, that was a heck of a basketball game. I know
2: probably some people's feelings were hurt a little bit more because of how it ended up go- playing out. But I think on the road down as much as you are Silas Demery, I mean, when do you see guys foul out 27 minutes into a game um, for them to claw their way back into it like that they had to go with some weird rotations like some some Jalen Deloach had some minutes that I thought were really important with his athleticism, but just some weird rotations that they had to go with and uh,
0: good good loss. I know that there aren't more moral victories but good loss. As Ben said, this Mike White team does not quit. And I do think they deserve a lot of credit for that. I did want to mention, too, on Wednesday, uh, there will be an Athletic Association board meeting. I will be there. I'm not anticipating any crazy news out of that. I think it's mostly going to be updates on some of the renovations going around UGA, particularly Sanford Stadium. But I would tell everybody to keep an eye out on Dogs 24-7. I will have a, a thread of all the relevant updates and stories coming out of that as well. Uh, I want to make sure now and give the, uh, you know, lean uh, and throw it to Kip Adams for the Atlanta Falcons report. Since the last time we recorded this uh, podcast, uh, the Falcons have hired Raheem Morris, a uh, former Falcons assistant that's coming over from the Los Angeles Rams, was the defensive coordinator with the Rams, won a Super Bowl with the Rams. So, Kip, give us your take on the hire. How do you feel about Atlanta Falcons head coach Raheem Morris?
1: Congrats to Coach Raw. I think uh, just as much about who the Falcons hired, it's about who isn't, you know, with the organization. And, I mean, I'll start off with just the fact that Bill Belichick is not with the Falcons, and that also meant that, uh, you know, Rich McKay is not involved in the day-to-day operations. These are wins stacking on uh, you know i love what terry fontenay did in the draft last year i love the fact that he's still going to be involved in the football operations i know he's excited about still having a job with the falcons as well just the fact that you bring in a coach who watched what sean McVay's done the last couple of years who learned from him um, didn't get a fair shot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wasn't allowed to pick his own coaching staff there, was a lame duck coach with the Falcons. Uh, I think his time was now to, to to get that head coaching job. And I love the, the fact that he brought in Zach Robinson, again, uh, a young uh, quarterback's coach. Actually having a quarterback's coach is, is just uh, – an amazing decision by uh, Raheem Morris that you know the previous coaching staff never thought it was a, a big deal to to have a quarterbacks coach so big for them bringing in Jimmy Lake he had a top 15 defense at Washington 4 years in a row he's a great db coach so i like the overall coaching staff and i also just want to you know uh say sorry for George Pickens I see the news the Steelers have hired Arthur Smith as far as we're talking about guys not being with the Falcons anymore you now have Arthur Smith as your uh, offensive coordinator so whenever uh Pat uh Meyermouth is is getting an end around in the game and George Pickens is running out there wide open with no one around him um Uh, I'm going to feel bad for George. I'm not going to feel bad that he's not with the Falcons anymore. So good luck, Steelers fans, with your new offensive coordinator. Um, Whatever uh, Mike Tomlin saw last year to make him want that kind of offense, uh, I think maybe this is just a parting gift that that he's giving the, the Steelers organization for not giving him an extension already. He's probably just saying, watch this for a year and then peace out. Um, but for the Falcons, uh, I love the guys they brought in so far, and I think that this is exactly what they needed to
0: do. Kenny Pickett, Godspeed. That's all I can tell you with Arthur Smith coming in. Ben, do you have any thoughts on Raheem Morris taking over the Falcons?
2: Well, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about the Arthur Smith in the in Pittsburgh thing until Kip brought it up. But I mean, maybe that means Darnell Washington into rounds. I mean, where that, the possibilities are endless there when you've got got him full steam ahead on you. My thoughts on the Raheem Morris, you guys know me. My decisions are based almost exclusively on vibes, and I feel like the vibes around Raheem Morris are immaculate right now. So I like the the staff that he's put in in place. feels like there's good vibes around them. The players seem like they've got good vibes around everything that's going on. So as long as Arthur Blank and Rich McKay truly keep their hands out of of the football business, um, you know, I, I like the way things are trending.
0: I like the hire a lot. He wasn't my top candidate on my sort of wish list. I think Ben Johnson from the Lions was probably number one for me, but really like the hire. I wanted no part of Bill Belichick. The biggest win for me is that my uh, you know, Matt Patricia is not gonna be on the Falcon staff in twenty twenty four. And I mean, that makes me so happy. And uh, also what makes me feel old is when they hired Zach Robinson, I was like, Wait a minute, is that the Oklahoma State quarterback? And it mm-hmm. is. And Georgia fans may remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure Zach Robinson went against the Bulldogs back in the day. Mm-hmm. So made me feel very old in the process, but I like Raheem Morris. Just please, please get a quarterback. That's all I can ask as a Falcons fan. I don't really care who it is. I'd be happy if they gambled and tried Justin Fields. Go trade a maybe a third-round pick for Justin Fields, but just go find me a quarterback. That's all I ask for. Kip, who do you want at quarterback?
1: Um, I want Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think you you want for that to happen, you got to have the Bears deciding that they're going to stick with Justin Fields. And then you probably need to have the Bears uh, holding the, the carrot of Caleb Williams to the Patriots, the Patriots trading up for that number one overall pick. And then number three becoming a situation where the Bears would be willing to trade down again. That way you can get Jaden Daniels at the number three price instead of having to trade all the way up to number one and then taking Jaden Daniels over Caleb Williams. So for me, I think it's the best of both worlds. You, you trade a couple of picks, but you don't have to do the Panthers trade from last year where you trade four picks. Uh, you know, uh, you have to trade two players, just give away half your franchise, and then you still have a what uh, a one out of three chance of, of getting that quarterback pick wrong, which obviously the Panthers looks like they didn't pick the right guy as of now. So I like Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm also okay with signing Kirk cousins to a two or three year deal and just saying, let's ride, but uh, you know, drafting another quarterback next year to prepare uh, to take over for him, because uh, I I think Kirk's got a couple really good years left in him, And I think we, we learned uh, when we, pushed matt ryan out early that that was a huge mistake as well so bring in kirk let's uh let's win the division a couple years and you know anytime where the saints and bucks can get pushed to the background i think that's a huge win for the falcons
0: can't wait to see how it plays out well we will wrap up the episode right there i appreciate everyone who tuned in live everyone who is watching or listening to this after the fact Make sure and go to Dodge247 if you haven't already. Go subscribe. As Ben and Kip talked about earlier, a lot of big visitors coming into Athens this upcoming weekend. You don't want to miss any of that. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure and subscribe, follow, like it, write a five-star review, let us know how we're doing, uh, and uh, that will definitely help us, let other people uh, see the podcast and come on board as well. Be sure to go to DogStream4.7 on YouTube, uh, subscribe there, you got all the podcast episodes right now, Right now, you got men's basketball interviews on there. Once we get into spring practice, you'll have Kirby Smart press conferences and player interviews there as well. So for Kip Adams and Benjamin Wolk, I am Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care, everybody.